Welcome to the Purposeful Parent Podcast, a podcast for inspired parents. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. I'm a parent of two little girls and the founder of Inner Architects. I love guiding parents and giving them a space to meaningfully connect, communicate effectively, break cycles, and learn to intentionally parent their kids. I'm an educator, a children's book author, and founder of Language Ninjas. With Language Ninjas and my books on the power of our words, parents and kids are given tools to empower their language. On this podcast, we are highlighting parents and educators who are choosing to mindfully show up differently for kids. Welcome back to another episode of the Purposeful Parent Podcast. Today, we are talking with Chase Tollinson, and we may get a guest. Um, his wife, Sarah, may pop in. Uh, Chase is a men's coach who specializes in helping men love the way they look and live their most powerful lives. Um, Kristen and I met Chase through Enlifted, and we have subsequently been connected to his awesome wife, Sarah. And Chase and Sarah are new parents, and we're eager to talk with them today about their journey so far. Um, we're also very excited to chat about how they prepared to become parents as this was very intentional for them. So Chase, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited for this one. And, you know, at, as chiropractic appointments seem to do, you know, it's if they, if it was on time and it's a nice quick adjustment, they'd be home by now and they're still <laughs> on the road. So it is, it is. all good. Yeah. Um, so you and, and Sarah are so into self-growth and showing up authentically in the world. Um, we'd love to start with your own personal journey. So give us a little bit of your story, the kind of work you've done personally um, to prepare for, you know, being a good human, good man in the world, and then how that's translated into being the dad you wanted to be. Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was into fit. I, I got into fitness because I was skin and bones and when I wore a size eight hat. So I needed to correct that ratio okay as a, a bit as a kid uh, and being in the weight room as young as 12 you know fitness is a, a gateway drug to personal development as far as I'm concerned and being in the weight room at 12 by the time I was 19 20 20 I think 21 or 22 I was reading things like Atlas Shrugged and you know other philosophical pieces and started to really uh, think about my thinking and how I was showing up in the world there were waxes and wings there right like a, if you think you got it there's likely still a lot more work there. You know, and i was, I was uh, riding the dunning kruger effect if we will of hey i got it oh wait no i don't <laughs> uh, and, and that went on for you know, 34 now so over a decade you know i i, I opened a gym up i i realized through that lens that you know, the, people are often just working out because they want to feel the way fit people feel and it's it's not the habits or anything else that's usually holding them back is the story about who they are. Um, and when I started looking authentically at that, then I had an opportunity to look really realistically at my story, not, not just engaged knowledge and tactical, the, the mindset of, you know, oh, well, just decide to be happy. and You'll be happy actually looking at the underlying mechanisms and where I picked those up along the way. Uh, and I, I love my parents, love them to death. And when I look at their stories, they made progress too. And there were stories that I picked up from my parents, stuff that uh, because the tools I have now, we can see. Uh, and when I started clearing that, it gave a lens of, okay, cool. There's a, a massive impact 
uh, and a massive opportunity to you know, how we can shape the next generation. And I was looking at this before you know, Sarah and I even got pregnant. I was like, how, well, how is this going to play on generations on generations to come? Where are we three generations into being conscious about what kind of message we deliver to our kids? Um, you know, and, then, and then we got pregnant last, last January and started diving into the journey. So it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. I love it. You know, um, Chad and I are, we're in a similar boat where we really took a lot of time before even talking about getting pregnant. And then once we were pregnant, we're like, okay, this is serious. We really need to figure out like, how are we going to approach? And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of my self-growth work deep dive has been, you know, a few years into my first daughter's birth. So you're ahead of the game as far as I was, but, um, it was still intentional. And so I'd love to talk about what some of those conversations look like between you and Sarah. What were you talking about? Um, anything specific as far as like how you were going to raise your daughter? What, you know, any any specifics that you guys talked about ahead of time? I'd love to dive into. Absolutely. So, I mean, this one will blow your guys' minds, right? Language. Um, <laughs> the words that we're using. Uh, I went through and lifted ancestors uh, last year. I think they just kicked off or are kicking off another round. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it to any lifted coaches. Uh, and in there, you get an opportunity to write uh, and lifted children, this poem to the kids. And I, I went through, like Mark gave us like 30 minutes on the call or something, 15 minutes to write it. And I, just, I wrote, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll come back to that. Next time I came back to it was on my peer to peer with Ryan Walla. Shout out, Mr. Walla. And, uh, I got done reading it. He's going book, book, book. So <laughs> I did a good job with it. Um, that being said, I, I read that to Theodora while she was still in the womb multiple times. I've read it to her four or five times now since she was born. Um, the language that we use in, and using that language and that breath, even while Sarah was pregnant to create a good space. You know, while we were at the chiropractor yesterday, the chiropractor's like, yeah, the way that she's making eye contact with everybody, instead of just furtively looking around and, and you know, being in, in a fight or flight stage still says that she's chill and she feels safe. And I'll give us both and Sarah, especially a pat on the back for cultivating an environment that was more downregulated than a whole lot of people out there. Um, and Sarah and I have been working on our communication between ourselves for years and I can only imagine what the impact of that is, you know, that we were able to have better conversations and less fights as her hormones were doing their thing in pregnancy and come to a place where we truly saw and understood each other as opposed to, okay, now we're fighting. Now her body's in a stress state. And now that gets transferred to the baby. I mean, I, the, the words and the breath were the big thing. Um, there's some other pieces there and I'll give you guys a second to talk. Yeah, I I like what you're saying about the the calm part because when I worked in childcare, one of my favorite places to go was the infant room um, to watch the development there and be like, if I come in calm, how will they react? Um, but also realizing too, with all the development that they do, that like my my last little bit in childcare was at the end of, or the beginning of COVID, so we went from not having masks to wearing masks. And getting to see how they started making eye contact and like I started getting to make connections there on kids actually can make eye contact like babies can, but they're 
And if they're doing that, they're going to get a lot better feel for the people around them. So the fact that you're able to create that for her, so she's making that eye contact, like that's a superpower she's getting at a very early age. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it was and you talking about that, you know, if I go in calm, will they stay calm? It, um, that, that brings up a memory. You know, I think it might've been when Sarah was pregnant. It might've been just before we're walking through target and there was this kid screaming his face off just, and the mom pushing the cart seemed like a direct reflection of the mood the kid had. And like, the thing is though, the kid in my mind and where I went with it is the kid's likely more of a reflection of the energy the mom's carrying. 90% of the time, you know, I told Sarah, I was like, if you really look at it, a lot of these young kids that are, you know, still, you know, have a brain that's developing and figuring out emotional intelligence, they're, they're just reflecting their parents' mood and their parents' vibration, if we will. Uh, so, and that, that realization uh, really drove home how important it was for us and, and continues to be. Yeah. A mantra that I have uh, adopted in parenthood is uh, my energy is contagious and really recognizing exactly what you're talking about, Chase, where if I am emitting this energy, how is it directly impacting my children, the environment and my home? And it's coming right back to me. Right. So then it's my job to regulate even more because now I've amped up everybody. Right. So if you can come in with that breath, come in with that language, come in with that self-regulation first, then you don't have that, the shit storm coming back at you. Right. 100%. And, you know, with my guys, I, I talk about, and this, this carries over to parenting, you know, the law of entrainment, you know, if you put grandfather clocks in the room with each other, they fall in sync. If you put a smaller grandfather clock or a bunch of smaller grandfather clocks in the room with a bigger grandfather clock, they're going to all fall in sync with the bigger grandfather clock. Well, if we can become the biggest grandfather clock in our home, in our circle, what, what have you, and we get to dictate that. And a lot of, a lot of well-meaning parents who really love their kids have yet to clear the stuff that will allow them from becoming like a countertop grandfather clock to being an eight footer. And luckily, you know, and luckily I'm by design, Sarah and I found ways to take care of that before we got into this whole endeavor. And it's, it's been fun, you know, and, you know, and of course, like I'm a health and fitness guy. So, and like Sarah and I met at my gym, we bonded over fitness first. So, uh, the, the physical side of it is there as well. And, uh, it, it's, it's synergistic. Yeah. For those listening that are like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm on the counter. I'd love to be the big clock. What are some specifics, some tools that you use daily to get to that point where you can self-regulate enough to not emit the negative energy out? Meditation. Um, this is one that I'm going to be tweeting about today too. Uh, it's a thought that's been rolling around in my head. Twitter has become my brain dump space. Um, oftentimes, even for myself, you know, at the end of a busy day, because like my midday breath work is gone now as a parent, like used to be like, I, I could sneak a, a 10, 20 minute breath work session in the middle of the day, even with a busy schedule as a coach. Now with Sarah home on her first 16 weeks, um, I'm, I'll go help out so she can eat lunch or something. Uh, so I'll get to the end of the day and I'm, I'm, big, I'm more productive now than ever. And there's more energy rolling around and I'll even me, and I've been meditating for, I 
was like, oh, wow, I've been meditating for like seven years now. Um, I'll sit down and I'll be like, eh, I'm good. I'll just go get in bed. No, I sit with it and I sit with myself until I want to sit there all night. And at the point where I'm comfortable sitting there all night, well, then I've regulated my system. I brought myself down. I've, you know, if we're jumping into the woo, I've cleared whatever energy was stuck and I've started to move it. And now I'm back in control of how my pendulum is swinging. Well, are you sitting in silence? Are you using something that is um, directed or like an app or anything for that? Awesome question. I, I'll use like a meditation track off of Insight Timer. Uh, it's often just sounds though, like frequencies or sound bowls or uh, there's value to guided meditations for sure. For myself personally, once I got the hang of meditating, like, well, I'm, I'm going to let my meditation go where my meditation wants to take me as opposed to this guided thing. So um, on top of that, there's the meditation and other tools like continuing to as much as it will be very easy to be like, well, but there's, she's only this young one. So I want to spend time with her this morning instead of working out. What kind of example does that set for her when it comes to setting boundaries with others? You know, so like Sarah and I, like, we'll bring her down in the basement. We'll interact with her between sets where guys, if you have yet to have a, get, build a home gym, start, just get one piece of equipment and just start. It's so, it's so convenient. Um, and, uh, we'll bring her down in the basement with us, or we'll let her nap upstairs. We still get our workouts. Uh, we maintain as much of our routine as we did before. We still do our Sunday meal prep and we sit her there on the counter with us while we meal prep. Uh, we become even more diligent about not watching TV during dinner or at night because even though she can't process what's going on, like on the TV screen, she it still imprints this pattern that okay, this giant blue light emitter is on at night. So we've actually dialed in our own routine even more since she showed up. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I have a question too. I was. Um recently talking with a friend who has a young child about like phones. Um, we have phones, we, we get on them um, and trying to figure out that time. Like I want to spend time. I want to set a good example for my child. Um, and we have these phones that have become our computers, our work, our life a lot. So how are you starting at this early time, intentionally setting, like intentionally teaching, what that looks like too, because like you said, with the TV, it's this blue light emitter. Um, yeah. and yeah, go ahead. That's an amazing question. Um, because like, you know, if we're, if, if Sarah's feeding her, if I'm giving her a bottle at night, like as we're starting to introduce, you know, bottles. So when Sarah goes back to work, she'll take them. Like it, it could be easy to be like, well, she's just eating. And like, what am I going to do with my brain? I don't know. Let's how about we sit there and breathe and think about our thoughts instead of distracting ourselves with instant dopamine. Um, and I'll still get caught in it every once in a while. It's a, it's a learning curve and it's awareness. And I will say that um, it, it's easier when we have built the awareness on the front side, because if I was trying to develop this awareness now with a newborn, it would be, it would be more difficult. Like there's another factor at play. The fact that I knew coming into this, what phones do, 
Um, and I mean, how addicting they are. Like I've, I've quit alcohol, cigarettes, and cocaine. I still get caught scrolling on my phone. What does that say about how addictive that little, and like I would grab it and hold it up. It's the best webcam I have. So I'm using it right now. Um, you know, what does that say about how addictive those apps are? They're, they're designed to keep us there. So if she's present and she's looking at me, I do my best, even if it's work, because like I can be messaging clients, following up with potential clients, you know, uh, posting to Instagram, edit, editing reels. I could do that off my phone. She doesn't know the difference yet. So I do as best I can. I keep my phone out of sight. Um, you know, it's there's a line there somewhere for me, right? Because like technology is going to be a part of her world. Like, you, you know, even if we move off grid, get a bunch of acres, like it's going to behoove her to have a basic grasp of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, I'm of the mind that technology can be learned relatively easy. What something that you can't get back or is that harder to get back and develop later in life is an awareness of your body, your heart, your gut, and your soul. So using more tactile toys than electronic toys, stuff like that, uh, to really help her develop herself is, uh, you know, you, you got me off on a rabbit hole asking about phones and technology. And yeah, <laughs> I think it's a really good question, though. And I think that your response is awesome. And it's been something that, you know, Chad and I have worked through, too, where, you know, now I have a seven and almost five year old and. Mm-hmm they want to watch movies or we want to have family movie night or like where, where can technology fit in, in a way that is mindful. And that's kind of been our approach with it is if this is purposeful, if it's mindful and we use it appropriately, then it can be a powerful positive tool as well. Right. Like, yeah. You know, so, so we've done things like, you know, family movie nights where we're all together watching a movie, we pick a movie and it's, we're interactive and we talk about it. And it's, so it's not just like, Hey, I'm, I'm tuned out. Go like, let this babysit you. Right. Right. There's a very big difference. Like as I'm eager to talk to you as your daughter gets older with how some of these things shift, because we were the same. We're like no phone, no blue light. You know, my first daughter didn't see a TV. She'll or any of his screens until she was like two. And then it's like, well, now there's like a real world out there that like, you know, I don't also want her to be this weird, like Luddite kid. That's like, what is that thing? You know, if she goes, right? yeah. you know, so you do need to like figure out this balance and it's an interesting parenthood is so interesting. And it, it really does bring up a lot of how to best integrate all of these things to create kind of the, the best human you can. hundred <laughs> percent, you know, and, and you hit on a good point. Sarah and I have talked about that. Like, you know, we were at a, a gathering, uh, couple of weeks ago where somebody was talking about a YouTube influencer for YouTube kids. Like, Oh, you don't know that one. You will. And we're like, no, we won't. Like when we got home, we're like, no, we won't. We're like, and she's only 12 weeks old. Like we have the best intentions. Right. And, um, like I, 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 I will never, I'm going to use binary negation. I will never babysit. My intention is to never babysit my daughter with an iPad. Like you're talking about her with the TV. And I don't know what life's going to bring. So, you know, if I, somebody, you know, six years from now, if you see my daughter sitting there with an iPad, tell me that I lied and that I proved myself wrong. I would love it, please. Um, You know, and yeah, like it's, it's similar to, you know, especially when we're in the health and wellness space and it's like, 
oh, well, you know, you, you got to get to sleep by 830 and like no blue light for an hour beforehand and get the sunrise and this and that. You know, I'm a weird robot and I enjoy all that. And at the same time, like you know, there's a time and a space to stay up late watching TV with the family. And to your point, like as long as it's not like, oh, the TV's on just in the background just to have it on because uh, my mind is too noisy and I don't want to hear what I'm thinking. There's a difference. Totally. Um, so you and Sarah had all these conversations and it's very easy within your own little home bubble to manage this stuff. But like I mentioned before, there's a real world out there. There's family members. There's people that are also going to have contact with your daughter. How are you having these conversations with those people, with your parents, with other people that are, you know, like, hey, you know, look at this video. And she's making your daughter, you know, they're making your daughter laugh with a phone or something. You know, how are you having those conversations outside of just you and Sarah? Luckily, um, our parents are, they, they understand where we're at. Um, we've been, we've been very tactful yet very forthcoming and, and like what we want even before she was around or before we got pregnant, like our thoughts on that kind of stuff. Um, I, I mean, my mom, when she babysits is going to come here, you know, and you know, she's 10 minutes up the road. So she's going to come here and spend two days a week here while Sarah works. And that's when I'll load all my podcasts and client calls into those two days. And like, there's only going to really be tactile toys. You know, my mom has already said, she's like, well, yeah, I'll just read. Um, we, Sarah's, Sarah's really good. You know, RSV was a big scare this year and Theo was born in October. So like Sarah was really good at setting boundaries with people like, Hey, uh, no kissing her on the head. Like, don't, don't sniff my baby. Don't kiss her. Like she doesn't have an immune system yet. And we're, and she hasn't, she, you know, hundred percent natural birth. So we'd rather not have to get her a spinal tap before she can get, you know, actual meds. So how we're having those conversations specifically is just being honest with our family. Luckily we've had, we have a fair amount of family that accepts it really well up front and they're, they're honoring our wishes. Um, sometimes it takes some reiteration because like, you know, different generations and they're stuck in certain ways. Like, you know, Hey, uh, don't hand her to that other person. Let me do it. Let me, Oh no, it's fine. I'll do it. You know, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then it's just, okay. Another conversation because we were trying to not play past the baby. Um, so it's, it's an ongoing conversation and luckily our family has been more receptive than most would anticipate to it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's um, fun with the family parts too, like getting those conversations, but you, I mean, you and your sister have both been doing this work together quite a bit too. So you get to have like the extra fun of having family that, gets what you're saying. Um, what, yeah. What are some of the benefits that you had from being able to get to have these conversations with your sister and then also with your family? Yeah. Um, it's really cool because, you know, and my mom has even been through level one and lived mm. level one. Right now. So yeah, yeah just, just, you know, talk Whole about, <laughs> talk about grandfather clock and vibrations and ripples, you know, it's, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really cool because as we, you know, Sarah's so detail oriented that she's like, like people are uh, like, my mom comes into the house and she's like, I know, I know I'm taking my shoes off. Like, and she was like, 
<laughs> watches whether she's banging in the walls. Um, and like my mom came upstairs when Thea needed a change because she's like, it's probably been two decades. So I want to see how you guys are doing it before I babysit her. Um, yeah. And, and when she comes to work out tomorrow, she's going to practice giving her a bottle before, you know, it's like, Oh, Sarah's at work and I'm on a call. And how does this thing work? Uh, it's been really cool actually, like to get to have these conversations and to have people be receptive to it. Um, cause it could go the other way, you know? And, and luckily, like you pointed out, like a lot of our family, like I, I've been immersed in this work for a few years now, a lot of our family gets it. So it's been, it's been fun to see it kind of blossom together. Kind of. <laughs> It's really cool. It's really cool. And I think you hit the nail on the head before where it's, you know, you, you guys have intentionally done this prior to having your daughter, um, and having those conversations prior to, so it's a lot easier to do that and then reiterate after the fact than it is to in the moment be like, well, this is what I want it. And I've never (laughs) told you this before, but why don't you know this? You know? So I think that's an important thing for listeners is to really recognize how important this kind of prep work can be both for you and for those ripples out. 100%. I mean, it, it's that, that principles transcend paradigms, right? So like getting ahead of the ball on anything. So many people wait until they have a heart attack to uh, decide to take control of their health. You know, um, so many people wait until they're almost at a divorce to learn how to communicate with their spouse. You know, like develop these skills, you know, people wait until, you know, they have uh, a teenager that's in therapy to figure out how to communicate with their kids. You know, uh, develop skills before you think you'll need them because maybe you'll never need them. You'll likely get to help someone that does benefit from them. Yeah, totally. I mean, Chad and I sat with almost all like life choices, right? Like how do we want to school our kids? How are we? And some of those things have evolved, but it was really nice to have kind of a groundwork on like, are we talking about religion? Are we talking, how are we talking about this? How are we, you know, like all of the major like parenting things, we had a starting, at least a starting point from, right. And as have things changed, absolutely things have changed. Right. But we at least started there and then we reflect back. So initially we talked about this. Now we're doing this. How do we feel about that? Right. So I think it's important for people to also recognize the power of just having that foundation, having that starting point, whether it's actually going to play out that way or not. (laughs) Well said, well said, because uh, at least you have something like it's, if the decision's coming out of left field, like, Oh wait, let's do this. Like, well, where'd that come from? We have a starting point. We know where perspective started from. Well, now we know how we got to where we're going. Yeah. I think it's also important to recognize, like, if your um, core values are not in alignment, negation acknowledged, like, you know, if you're assuming that your partner agrees with this and then you have a child and that decision comes up and then you're already in it and then you realize that you actually disagree on this and become more Lucky for my wife, even before I was in the Olympic circle, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about the things that people say not to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, like early on into us dating, like, oh, we're going to talk about politics, money, and religion. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I have a, a slightly different question because knowing what we know about words and how like they're they're impactful, and those words go into like the music that we're listening to, the books that we read. Um, what have you been searching for music that you're gonna start letting her listen to, or even um yeah, music, books, all those things? Have you started finding um different things that you enjoy that you're like, yes, these have what the message that I want to pass on, or these have the words that I am willing to let soak into her brain and them. Totally. Um, awesome question because like there's some stuff I listen to when I work out still that like, while it is like, it's not total like victim mentality or everybody's out to get me. It's still profane. Right. Um, and there's, Sometimes she'll be down in the basement. I'll let one of those songs go or two of those songs go, and then I'll change it. Um, it, Oftentimes I ensure that it's some of the music that has better lyrics, uh, not pop culture, just other stuff, Um, you know, that has lyrics that are building her little brain up. Uh, Oftentimes if we just, if we have background music on, it's either a meditation frequency singing bowls kind of thing or classical piano. So let her, you know, if, um, as far as music goes, it's either the lyrics that are building her up or instrumental. Hmm. No question. Have you list- found Doggy Land, the Snoop Dogg? Um, I haven't really dug I, into it. I just know he talks about affirmations. But <laughs> I, I know about it. I have yet to like press play on it. Listen. Yeah. I, yeah. I just know he has one song that's all about affirmations. I haven't dug in to see if like all of it's as positive as that, but yeah. I mean, Dogg, who knew? <laughs> he, he's been on this grind. Like, you know, I think it was two or three years ago. I think he got his star on the walk of fame mm-hmm. and he's like, I'd like to thank me mm-hmm. for believing in me. You know, there's that video out there. Like mm-hmm. the man knows and uh, you know, more people that are doing cool things out there have a, a basic idea of where to point their brain than uh and they than some people would think yeah i've loved this conversation so far chase anything we haven't touched or things you think are important for our listeners <sighs> things to think are important for the listeners i heard a quote once and uh it may or may not be accurate and it it got my brain turning that you are who you would have felt safe with as a child. That's who you become as an adult. Um, I'd imagine there's something there and ruminating on that quote has helped me to stay aware of who I show up for as my daughter or who I show up as for my daughter. Uh, as she's 12 weeks old, as she's a year old, as she's 12 years old, um, to hopefully leave little to no gap there for her to have to, or yeah, have to become somebody who she would have felt safe with as a kid. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Your, co- your coaching is all about helping men specifically, but helping people, uh, become the best versions of themselves and feel actually feel and live that. Um, let's leave our listeners with one thing, one like tangible two day 
leave this podcast, go do that you think would make the biggest impact for them? The thing that's rolling around in your head that you don't want to look at, that thing that you think about when you go to sleep or that you wake up in the middle of the night, you go, oh, I really did that. Write it down on paper and then read it out loud and see if it's really as bad as you think it is. Because all the other fitness and lifestyle advice you can find for free on Google and YouTube, you're going to have so much problems or you're, you're going to implement that so much easier when you clear the roadblocks of, oh, shoot. I, yeah. And that's something I was on a podcast recently and they talked, the hosts would talk about, you know, those things you think about when you're trying to fall asleep at night. I was like, oh, I don't have any of those anymore. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Kristen's sitting here shaking her head. Yeah, you know, once, once you deal with the stories. Yeah. Um, so the things that you avoid thinking about, think about them and get very, very curious. Cool. And where can our listeners go to find you, um, learn more about you, or if they want to say hi or ask for some parenting advice? Please come say hi. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram at coach underscore chase underscore Tolleson, uh, chasetolleson.com. I have a Twitter now, uh, chase Tolleson. There may be a dash in there. You'll find me. <laughs> Same profile pictures, Instagram. Um, the Primal Man podcast, and one last one, Mystical Giants album on Spotify. It's my, mm -hmm. my philosophy music album. Um, you know, Primal Man Pathway is designed to, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I sell abs and fitness, and I bring guys in and help them actually become who they thought fitness was going to make them. Um, I have some female clients, too. The message resonates. I'll work with you. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, and yep. the, the music part that you talked about, you have some of your own music with your voice. Yeah. So there we go. Positive lyrics from Chase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were playing that when uh, when she was in the womb. So. Thank you so much for this conversation, Chase. I uh, it, This was fun. Of course. I, I always appreciate conversing with either of you, both of you at the same time. is an extra treat, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Purposeful Parent Podcast. We had a really great time talking with our guests today and hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Make sure to check out the show notes to get more information on today's guests and to check out what they are up to. To learn more about Melissa and Kristen, follow the Purposeful Parent on Instagram. You can also check out what Melissa is up to by following Inner Architect on Instagram. And to keep up with Kristen, follow Language Ninjas on Instagram. We'd love to hear how you are choosing to purposefully parent, so please feel, feel free to reach out and say hi.